hola and vamanos and welcome to sex with sydney hello guys how is everybody doing for real for real how are you doing we're coming up on the holiday season which is super exciting and super emotional for people it can be sad it can be happy it can be a combination it can mean a lot of things for a lot of people it also gets cold in a lot of places which can cause seasonal depression and i fall victim to that i feel like i grew up in florida all of my life so i never really experienced a winter at all so i never experienced seasonal depression but when i or right before I graduated from university, I moved to Minnesota and I lived through a winter there and it was a little bit rougher. It was like harder to get out of bed, harder to want to do things. Also just because it was so cold and I was not used to it. And now here I am again in a cold place. It's getting pretty cold here in Sofia, Bulgaria. And I'm finding it harder to get out of bed and to get out and do things. I really recognize this in myself. I'm also a runner. So, and I like to run outside. I don't really like to run on treadmills, but it was getting cold and it's just not the right circumstances to really be running outside where I'm living in the cold. And so I stopped running as much. And what I started doing is I started going to the gym. I'm running on a treadmill. I honestly, the first time I got on the treadmill and I just like ran 5k and I was so happy. It was, I was, I've never been happy to run on a treadmill. I've only hated every single second that I've been on a treadmill. I like to run outside. My favorite is to run on the beach. It's not possible right now and most of the time, but when I lived in Puerto Escondido, I got to run on the beach every single day. And that was so fucking amazing. I miss that so much. But I started going to the gym again and running there and exercising there. And I forced myself to go out and do something even though I didn't really want to. And I've been sticking to my routines, my morning routine, my night routine. And yeah, I'm starting to feel a bit better and I've been kind to myself going through it. You know, it's okay to stay in and be cozy and not do as much because it's cold. I had to buy warm clothes and things like this, but it has been um, kicking me down a bit, but that's all good. We all have our ups and downs. It's just, it's a part of life. And that's why it's not about always being on top of the world and always being happy. It's about always being content. And that stems from daily gratitude. And it's so important to practice our daily gratitude and always just be grateful for the little things in our life, like our little morning rituals and night rituals, and just for ourselves, for our ability to breathe and just move and walk and do like simple things and simple tasks. And you know, that just really grounds you even through the rough times, even when you're in an unexpected um, cold place for longer than you thought. And you, you know, are just feeling down. If you're just like kind to yourself and allow yourself to um, feel your emotions and 
recognize them, but then also um, be your own best friend and try to take action that you know is good for yourself and can help you get out of that rut. And for me, it's things like talking to my friends more, you know, getting out and doing things, social things, even when I don't want to, at least every once in a while, exercising, eating good, being kind to yourself through it all, all these things, sticking with the routines. Those are all great things. And now let's move into the episode, into story time. But anyways, I'm just letting you know it's okay to not be okay. And I hope that you guys are all doing well. But if you're not, that's okay to stay grateful for all the little things in your life. Because I promise you, in the worst of times, there's always something to be grateful for. Always, 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 always. And I understand that times can be terrible. And sometimes it feels like there really is nothing else. And I wouldn't understand because I haven't been through your situation. And that's true. But the simple fact that you would be able to breathe and say those words to me is something to be grateful for. There's literally always something to be grateful for. And I haven't had it the worst. Um, I haven't had it the best. I've had my rough times. We all, every human has their rough times and some are worse than others, but there's always something to be grateful for. And the only reason that that is important to remember is because it will help you stay more content and stay more grounded and just like kindly guide you through that rough patch into the better um, portion that is to come and always is to come. So let's get into this episode. everyone and welcome to my story time. Now this story was started on my blog before previously but I only made it halfway through the story and some people were a little bit unhappy about that. So this is my gift to you guys. It is the full story from start to finish. I'm not going to leave you on a hiff clanger. On a what am I saying? on a cliffhanger. <laughs> and just literally write half of a blog and never write the other half. I still haven't written it to this day. So that's pretty shitty of me. Let's get on with it. So this is the story about a man that I dated for one week, but talked to on and off for eight months while I lived in Mexico. It was specifically when I lived in Puerto Escondido, Mexico, which is a small beach town on the west coast of Mexico in a state called Oaxaca. And it's a beautiful place. Honestly, I loved my experience there so much. And it was more of a internal self-love type of experience. But I did meet this man along the way. And he really, just like, you know, those movies that you watch, and there's those twists that you never see coming. But at the same time, all the signs were there for you to see it coming. That's what this is like. And there were lots of red flags from day one. And I try to learn from the situation and move forward, making 
a lot better decisions. But this is the honest story of how we met and what happened. So I met him on a dating app on Tinder. This was, I guess, between my device bannings. And we matched once when I first got there, but I just like wasn't really that into him. So I never met up with him. And then we matched another couple months later when I had deleted the app and redownloaded it. And that time I decided I wanted to go on a date and he had asked me to sunset. And I kind of started to like him. Like I realized that he has a cat named Taco. I have a dog named Taco. He had a tattoo of Taquito and his cat's face on his arm. And I just thought it was cute. And so I was going to meet him at sunset. At the time, I was living in a house with three other girls. And one of the girls wanted to see his profile. So I showed her the profile. And she freaked the F out. She started like having a panic attack. And I was really shook because I never expected that response when I showed her this man's Tinder profile. And she said, I know him. And she proceeded to tell me that his girlfriend drives her to the dog shelter that she volunteers at, that her and him have a house together. They live together in these condos that they own that they both volunteer at the dog shelter together, that they have dogs together, they have cats together, they have a life together. And she went and told the girl about what happened. And we asked him, do you have a girlfriend? He said, no, we sent it to her. And she said, oh, he says it's not him, blah, blah, blah. She didn't believe us. My friend was literally losing her mind and she couldn't handle this whole situation And she's like, she doesn't believe me. I'm over this. Like, I'm done trying to convince her. And so we moved on. I thought he was gross, whatever. I blocked him off the app, never went on the date with him. That was that. But Puerto Escondido is a very small town. And there's a few clubs. They're really fucking amazing. And it's really fun. But if you live there, you're going to run into the locals a lot. And so I eventually ran into him at the party. And he like bought me drinks and then he started telling me how they actually had an open relationship. And the reason she got so upset and freaked out is because part of their rules is that they can't um, go on dating apps and they can't um, do it in front of each other's friends. And so she was on a dating app and doing it in front of her friend. So that's why she denied it to her. I still didn't really believe him, but I was like this. I was drunk and I was just thinking this sucker is he's crazy and like he's up to no good and what is his game and what does he do like does he seriously come up to these clubs and buy girls a bunch of drinks and spend all of his money on them take them home have sex with them with his girlfriend there like what does he do what is his plan so he we ended up leaving in a taxi and He took us to this apartment complex that was across from a local gas station that I knew. And I knew he didn't live there. It wasn't the condos that he owned with his girlfriend. So I was confused. I was wondering, like, does he have, like, another, like, room there that he, like, takes girls back to? Like, what does he do? And he just tried making out with me and, like, having sex with me in the, like, cement parking area in front of the apartment complex. And I refused that. So I was like, I'm going to like leave since we're not like doing anything. We're not going inside. And 
then he proceeded to pretend like he's going to go home and that he's going to go inside. But he walked to the side of the building instead of to the door where the woods were on the side of the building to, I guess, hide and pretend that he was going home. So I would leave and then he would go home himself. So I left and he was like trying to make it. So I, I didn't see him hide in the woods, but I saw him hide in the woods and I went back there and I said, what are you doing? Like, do you live here? And he was like, no, blah, blah, just saying all this stuff. And so then eventually he left in his own taxi and I left in my own. But we kept running into each other and he kept convincing me that he was in that open relationship and he would buy me a bunch of drinks and buy me a bunch of stuff. And I just like had fun hanging out with him. He was fun at the party. And we started doing different things like a little bit outside of the party. And we started sleeping together because I had decided that maybe it actually was a good idea. So the exact quote I said, I remember I was living in this apartment complex with my friend or like this hotel and I walked down to her door and I said, you know how I told you that sleeping with this guy was the worst idea? Well, what if I told you it's the best idea? Because I had been trying to have no feelings with guys and I was really struggling with that and just sleeping with assholes and, you know, getting feelings and getting my feelings hurt. And I wanted to do no feelings, but I was struggling. So I was like, okay, well, I don't like him. I think he's a gross person. He has an open relationship. He has a girlfriend. So there's nothing there. So it may be perfect. And I decided to do it. And I did have a lot of fun until eventually I did start to catch feelings. So that's when I told him, like, I got to stop this. I can't do this anymore. Because right before this as well, I went through a really rough time and I had like a really personal, terrible situation happen to me. And he was really there for me, sent me flowers. And he even told me that he loved me on that day. And I told him I couldn't say that back because he has a girlfriend. And after that, I was just sitting and I was like, yeah, I got to end this shit. (laughs) It's gotten way too messy. Like I told you, lots of red flags, totally ignored them. And I ended it and we both actually blocked each other for a bit and didn't talk to each other. But we ran into each other again. We And he told me that he had ended things with his girlfriend and that he really wasn't happy and that he loves me, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, okay, I'm not just going to like jump into a relationship with you, but I'll talk to you again. And we like slept together and we were talking for a long time. Like I went on a girl's trip with my friends and he watched my dog. My best friend came into town and he took us on a little day trip to another town the three of us. And yeah, we were just dating like for a while. And then eventually at some point I had brought up questioning him again, like if you even did have an open relationship and blah, blah, blah. And he said, yeah, we did. And I don't know why you even questioned me so much because she told me like talking about his ex-girlfriend at the time, that she even sent you a message on Instagram towards the beginning saying that we were in an open relationship. And I went to my Instagram account and I went to her messages and I saw she had sent me a long message, like paragraphs long, like three paragraphs long, explaining to me 
that they are in an open relationship and that I should have fun, just no feelings. It's just that she's like, people don't understand what they do and how they live their life. So she doesn't like to make it public. She doesn't like to share it. She doesn't like to talk about it in front of other people. And that's what happened with my friend. So really believing this is all real. Even she sent me an Instagram message about it. But they were still technically living in the same condos because they owned the condos together. But he had moved into a new condo and she was in the old condo. And they had the dogs and the cats together and she was from Germany. So she was figuring out if she's going home to Germany or if she's staying in Puerto Escondido and what she's going to do. So it was just like a longer separation process. And he would dog sit for this other family and like watch their whole house. So we would go and stay there a lot. We would sleep there together and I would help him with the dogs and he would come to my place sometimes. And yeah, we were having a good time. And we made plans on Valentine's Day while we were dating. And he had to bail last minute because he called me and he said that his sister was in the hospital because she was robbed and stabbed in Mexico City. And he had to go there. And that was his favorite person in his family. He loves his sister so much. I was so concerned for him. He stopped responding to me on Valentine's Day for a while. And the next day I said, please just let me know that you're okay. Like, I'm worried about you. And he said, this is Andres's uncle. I need to message you because I had to use Andres's phone to talk to the police because mine is broken um, for his sister. But when I get back to the house where he is, I'll give him the phone and tell him to contact you. And then later he did contact me. And when he came back, he was so apologetic and like saying he's so down. He was like even thinking about um, taking his life. And... I was really feeling for him and we kept dating and eventually we made it official boyfriend and girlfriend. But for the one week that we were officially boyfriend and girlfriend, he was so sketchy. He started getting so sketchy and I was like, why is he acting like this? Why is he not showing up to things? Why is he just ghosting me randomly? So one time we made plans in the morning and he ghosted me and I started calling him a lot, like spamming his phone with calls and his quote unquote ex-girlfriend picked up the phone and she said, hello, this is, and she said her name. And I said, hi, this is. And I said, she said, who are you? And I said, I'm his girlfriend. And she said, I'm his girlfriend. And I was like, what the fuck? Like he told me he broke up with you and all this stuff. And she was like, I have you on speakerphone right now. He's starting to wake up. And I was like, don't talk to him. Let's find a place to meet up. So we met up at a local restaurant. And that's when I found out on Valentine's Day, his sister was not in the hospital. She did not get stabbed and his uncle never texted me. He was on vacation with her in a different city and he texted me pretending to be his uncle. He never watched my dog when I went on the girl's vacation. She watched my dog. He doesn't own the condos with her. She owns the condos and lets him manage it. He doesn't own this apartment he told me that he bought. She owns it. You know, she's the boss ass business woman that he pretends to be and all of the drinks he bought me, all of the, like, he fixed my motorcycle, all of these things that he paid for, all the dinners, she was actually paying for. And even the morning that she found out that he was cheating on her, and I guess he's done this before, she paid for my fucking agua de piña drink as well. Like, I was like, wow, such a boss bitch move. And she was like, yeah, he's ruined my life and, like, all this stuff. And I was like, literally, you are killing it. You 
are building this amazing life. She's like, we're building this amazing life together. I was like, what is he doing? He's ruining your life. He's not respecting your life. You know, you're building an amazing life and you have an amazing life. And, you know, we, she called him. We both went back to the complex and tried to confront him, but he had ran away. And then eventually, I guess they met up again and they talked and they got back together that same night. And then the next day they went on vacation around Mexico. She paid for him to go on a little vacation around Mexico with her to get over all of this, you know, this nonsense, like just get over it. So that's like really sad. And I feel for her and I wish them the best. But yeah, that was what happened. He was like living two lives, sleeping with me and being with me on the weekends mainly. And then at night and her during the day, I guess. And yeah, what a whirlwind. Glad you just went on it with me. Okay, so today we talked about a toxic relationship and a very short and brief one. And I've had longer ones. And though one of my worst ones, I feel the thing that ultimately saved me was working out. Not working out to lose weight, not working out to look a certain way. Working out because I fucking love myself and it's good for me. And I have a body that can move and that is capable of doing that. And that is amazing. And that is beautiful. And it gave me more confidence in my physical abilities and my mental abilities and my abilities to accomplish things I set my mind to. It gave me endorphins, good endorphins. It did so much for me that really helped me love myself and love myself enough to know what I deserve and get out of a really bad relationship. The second time, I feel it was a worse situation that I had to leave more abruptly and I didn't use that method. But the first one working out really, really saved me. And I believe also in this relationship, I was being very healthy and good with my routines and working out and loving myself and putting myself first. And it was a very short and brief relationship end of things. And I didn't really take the separation that hard. And I think that one reason that that was is because I was always putting myself first. I was exercising. I was doing yoga. You know, I was going to therapy. I think that taking care of yourself and putting yourself first is one of the most important things when it comes to learning and growing from relationships. So if you want to be better in a relationship, you have to be better for yourself. And if you want to choose better people and find better people, then you need to treat yourself the way that you want to be treated. And you need to learn from these like bad experiences because the first time that I was in a really toxic, bad relationship, I got out of it and I was so proud of myself but then I got in another one and I was really shameful about it because how stupid could I be to like get into one of those and then get in another one. But the truth was that I was strong to get out of both of them and I will be strong to get out of 
however many I hope I don't get into any others, but that I would get into. The smart thing to do, though, is to go to therapy and to truly learn why you're choosing what you're choosing and what the red flags are and what the signs are and, you know, really learn from these experiences rather than just live through them and being more intentional about what red flags you want to accept. So some things are like putting a tracker on me, being super controlling about who I can see, who I can hang out with, what I can, what I can't do. I have to respond to you within a certain period of time, always turning things around to be my fault, not being able to like apologize or have like an open and honest, vulnerable conversation. These types of things are like red flags. And some people may think that it's like super obvious, but to other people, it's not like putting a tracker on someone. It's not okay. It's really, it's not okay. Making someone so anxious that they can't like take their phone out of their hand for two seconds because if you text them and you don't respond, then like you're going to have a panic attack and blow up on them. And it's the rule that they have to respond with you to you with them a certain period of time controlling like that. That's like not okay. These are things that I did accept and that should not be accepted in a loving, a truly loving relationship and partnership. And that is our episode today. I love you guys so much. I seriously do. And I'm so grateful for each and every one of you. And yeah, if you enjoyed this episode, please give it five stars. Please follow, subscribe, turn the notification bell on, follow me on Instagram, personal Sydney Ray with two eyes, R-E-I-I, and the podcast Sex with Sydney. And we will see you in two weeks. Besitos, my babies. I love you guys so much. Mwah.